Well, good morning. So good to be with you. Um, wow, this church has grown. Last time I was here, I think it was three years ago, um, I brought my oldest daughter, Abby, and uh, I, I remember there's, there's people that I saw this morning that I remember your faces from back then. Uh, Pastor Gok and I had wanted to do a pastor swap uh, once a year. And uh, I think we've done two, if I remember. Something got in the way in this past year. And in fact, that's what we're going to be talking about today. There's a, a call that I believe that God has upon our churches to consider what it means for us to come out of this COVID disruption. How many of you have felt like COVID was a disruption in your life? It was a disruption in the life of the church and of ministries and missions. But your church has grown during that time. What a, what a wonderful thing to see. How many of you were not here three years ago? Just raise your hand and let me see. Everybody in the back. Well, that, that's interesting. Is that That's where people have to sit until they have been here for a little bit longer. I hope that next time I'm here, you're a little farther up. That would be wonderful to see. I'm just having fun, of course. It's great to see that we are beginning to put the pieces back together again. And at Living Waters, we've been talking about how it almost feels as though the, the gears and the cogs, we're a caterpillar community, by the way, in Peoria, so we think in gears and cogs, are just lying on the floor. And that it's time to put the machinery of churches back together again. But I'm hearing from your announcements already that you've got a lot of those gears back in place and that you are serving and working in the community already, um, that you are making kingdom impact. And that's, in fact, what we're going to be talking about today. What an opportunity we have to rebuild our ministries and our missions for a new season that we are now in. I'd like to invite you to open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13. And I'm going to be sharing um, a little bit from Matthew chapter 13, uh, particularly these kingdom of God parables, where Jesus gives us insight into the way that he sees the kingdom and what the kingdom is meant to be doing in the world today. Matthew 13, beginning at the first verse. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered around him. So he got into the boat and sat down, saying, A sower, sorry, and he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on the rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Let's pray. Let's begin. Lord, we pray today that we would be among those that hear your word and your teaching. We ask that you would reveal to us the way that you see the kingdom, the way that you have designed it, 
the way that you want it to function in our midst as we do the work of the kingdom in the world. Lord, we pray that as we speak about this parable today, that you would help us to find good soil and to understand what good soil in the world looks like so that we may sow your word there. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, what are the times that we live in now? Maybe we call it post-COVID. Maybe we imagine the times that we're in and we see a big question mark like this. What is the world going to look like? What, is, what, are, what will our communities feel like? What will our churches feel like? We're out of old habits and we're into new habits. How many of you started a new habit in, in 2020? One that you're continuing, okay. Many of you are online today. Hello and welcome to you. What a wonderful way that we have as churches to expand our ministries through live streaming. We're one body in two parts, and that's not the only effect of COVID. A void has been created in the world. As people's lives and habits and routines and school and work have been disrupted, and it's a void that the kingdom of God needs to move into. In fact, that's the season that we are in right now. The kingdom of God must move into the void that was created by the pandemic, or else a whole lot of other things will. And I really believe that Jesus is calling us to understand that void and to understand the place that we as churches must move into. People are asking new questions regarding how to approach life. Because what was important back then, in many cases, is no longer important. And what is important now, maybe we considered to be maybe not even worth our time back in 2019. And isn't it interesting that the pandemic came in 2020? We had this, this uh, saying that we used to say, nobody says it anymore, by the way, hindsight is 2020. We've completely given up on, on saying that, right? Because we don't even want to mention 2020 having any power or impact in our lives. However, it means so much more than it did before because we are seeing things differently as we look back and understand what has happened. And that's a great place for us to begin today, especially since the impact on COVID on churches and ministries has been very, very, very hard. Everywhere except for at Faith Lutheran in Bloomington, which is wonderful. Many churches are struggling. We found that it was easier to close the church than it has been to open it. Maybe you would agree. Because how do we open? And what do we do? And how do we, do we begin to reach people again? You see, the struggle that we have is the temptation to turn inward exactly when Jesus needs us to turn outward. Now, the question that Pastor Brian gave me to work with today, and this is a question for our church, for Living Waters as well. How can our little church make a difference in the world? How many of you have ever asked that question? How can Faith Lutheran make a difference in the world? 
Let me cast that question in a few different forms. How does God long to use this church to change the part of the city and the corner that you are located on? Maybe the corner where you live in your neighborhood. How can we make a tangible difference so that the world is different because of the kingdom of God? I call that kingdom impact. When the kingdom makes a difference in the world. God is counting on this church to make kingdom impact. Now, during 2020, I did a little bit of writing. How many of you started to write a book in 2020? This is really a pandemic. If you want to talk about a pandemic, there's an epidemic of new authors out there. There are 300 books coming out every day. That's 900,000 in a year. People are reading more than they ever have, and people are writing more than they ever have. Who's got a novel in them out there? Who's a writer? Let me just see if you put your hands up. There's no writer that, that, writers are always very shy to admit it, but inside, you know that you've got a book in there somewhere. God led me to wrestle with a chapter of scripture, Matthew 13, and to see it differently than ever before through the eyes of local mission. You see, I used to read these kingdom parables, and that's what the parables in Matthew 13 are called. They're called the kingdom parables because every one of them begins with the phrase, the kingdom of heaven is like. And I used to just read past that, and I would think, well, that's because Jesus is saying that when he comes back, the world is going to be like this parable. But God showed me something different. I don't skip over it anymore because now I understand that Jesus is describing for us how he wants the church to work today, to make local impact for the kingdom. And what is the kingdom? It is the inbreaking of God's rule and reign in the world. This is what God is doing right now. And he wants us to join the mission of Jesus. If that's true, then these six parables of the kingdom, I'm going to go through them in just a minute, I'm going to list them for you, are six lenses through which we can evaluate and plan for stronger kingdom impact in the world as churches and as individuals. The point is, Jesus designed the kingdom to make impact through the church. And if this is what the kingdom of heaven is like, and we'll go through those in a minute, that's instructive in terms of what you and me should be doing today. In fact, verse 11 of the reading, we didn't quite get that far, says this. The disciples had come to Jesus and said, why do you always talk in parables? Because then we have to figure it out. Why can't you just speak plainly? And he says to them, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, those who are outside of the church, it has not been given. Jesus was giving these parables not to the world, but to the church, to set our direction and to get us busy serving him. We want to avoid being like those who do not hear his teaching. And this is how Jesus describes them, Matthew 13, 15. For this people's heart has grown dull, and with their their ears they can barely hear, and with their eyes they have closed. 
The potential for us, my church, and maybe your church as well, my family, maybe your family as well, coming out of COVID, is to keep our heads down and to have our hearts grow dull and to focus the internal life, internal life of the church on meeting our own needs. To have a church that serves us to make sure that our spiritual needs are met. Guess what, folks? We had an entire year of doing that. At Living Waters, we talk a lot about the real danger of COVID. And I understand, I, COVID is dangerous, but the spiritual danger of this pandemic is that it would produce long-lasting habits in the church. And here it is, the danger of us becoming Christians on couches consuming content. Christians on couches consuming content. Meaning that we become passive receivers and consumers of the kingdom rather than its missionaries and its emissaries and those who are meant to bring the gospel to the world. Ouch, we have all been there. We have all been consumers of the church. But instead, Jesus is calling us and longing for us to hear his parables of the kingdom to help make the kingdom alive in the world. From another parable, maybe you recognize this. This is from Luke 22, verse 29. Did I quote that right? Yes. He says, I confer on you a kingdom. I confer upon you a kingdom. Jesus has given the kingdom to the church to grow. And what did we learn in the parable of the banquet? Does God want to have an empty banquet? He wants his banquet to be full. He wants it to be full and alive. Spoiler alert, the kingdom that he gave to us is his very own kingdom. Now, I am not here to promote a book. I did not bring any for you to purchase, by the way. I am here to promote the kingdom. And Pastor Brian did want me to bring some information about it to help us understand. The, the title of the book that I wrote is Claiming the Corner, and it's written for small and mid-sized churches like yours and like mine to help us claim the corner that we live in using these kingdom parables as lenses to see how Jesus sees. I want to talk a little bit about those parables here, and I'm just going to list some of them and summarize what Jesus says. And remember, he's giving us an idea of how he sees his kingdom. How important is that? If this is Jesus' kingdom, how important is it that we understand how he sees that kingdom and what he wants the kingdom to do? Give me a one through ten on that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to this. The parable of the pearl and the treasure. The kingdom of heaven is like, Jesus says, a man who discovers a treasure and gives everything he has to possess it. The parable of the yeast. The kingdom of heaven is like, Jesus said, a woman who works yeast into the dough, and it is leavened. For those of you who are not bakers, that means it rises. Okay. 
the parable of the net. A fisherman, where's our fisherman? A fisherman casts a net into the sea and pulls up all kinds of fish that need sorting. This is the kingdom of heaven, Jesus said. The parable of the wheat and the weeds. A farmer sows good seed in prepared soil, but discovers that an enemy has sown weed seeds to disrupt the harvest. This is the kingdom of heaven, Jesus said. The parable of the mustard seed. The kingdom of heaven is like a small seed that grows to be a large plant that shelters many. And finally, the one that we're going to look at today, the parable of the sower. The kingdom of heaven is like, Jesus said, a seed that is sown in good soil that produces a hundredfold harvest. Let me unpack that particular parable for us. Most often when we read this parable and when pastors preach on it, we tend to focus on on the idea of all the soils that didn't produce the crop, right? And so we make a kind of a do-better sermon, right? Try to be good soil. How many of you have heard that message before? Do your best to be good soil. Don't be rocky soil. Don't be thorny soil. And don't be, allow me this, pathy soil. Okay? Don't be the soil that is rocky or thorny, or don't be like the path. And so we make this a do better and a a work harder message. But if you know anything about farming, you know that the farmer had no intention of gaining a harvest from the soil that he had not prepared. He had no intention to have the seeds grow in the rocks or the thorns or on the path. Farmers do not put expensive seed into soil that has not been prepared. There is somebody who's a farmer who's giving me, are you a farmer? Comes from a farming background, and she is giving me a nod of approval. This is true. See, I had guessed on that. I had guessed on that, but you're telling me that that's the truth. Farmers don't put good soil, a seed, into soil that has not been prepared. So what is it? What is the prepared ground that Jesus is talking about? And the way that I interpret this parable is that Jesus is really talking about the good soil so that we, the church, know how to find it. What is it? Well, good soil is soil that has been broken open and turned over. Broken open and turned over. And here's how we can apply that parable to local mission that we can be involved in. What is good soil? It is the place of pain. It is the place of pain in people, and it is the the place of pain in communities. Because that is the good soil that receives the gospel. In fact, those realities where people are in pain and where communities are in pain, they are waiting, they are crying out, they are longing for hope. And hope goes where lives have been broken open and turned over. And God sees that as preparation for the gospel. To minister God's word in the community or in the lives of people, we need to pray for insight to the areas of pain in the lives of people and in the community that we want to serve. It's the place that will be most receptive. And I've seen that over and over again, where people are not broken open, 
where people are not turned over. That's where we have self-reliance and other priorities that get in the way, the rocks, the thorns, etc. The word does not take root because it is pain that makes the soil receptive. It's the place where a person will come to know the love of Jesus. It's the place where the person is longing for hope. Our church discovered a neighborhood about a mile from our location that had a lot of pain. It was about six years ago. People struggled with unemployment. They struggled with undereducation. There was discouragement, drug use, and many other issues. And we started to work with that neighborhood. And the reason that we did that, just to, to let you know a little bit behind the scenes here, is because there were just very few kids in our church. We hardly had a children's ministry at all. And we needed to reach young families. And we'd driven through that neighborhood, and it was the only one where we saw toys outside and bicycles and, and just evidence of kids everywhere. They were just in the streets. It was actually a trailer park about a mile from our church. So we started to work in that neighborhood. We did home repairs first. We started a tutoring ministry. And we did that because we asked the parents, what do you need? And they said, we need a place for our kids to do their homework that has Wi-Fi and computers. And so we rented a storefront a mile from our church. Now, if you don't understand Kingdom Impact, that sounds absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> Why would you rent another location? We were already renting the church. Why would you rent another location a mile away? It's because we had found good soil and we wanted to plant there. We had found the place of pain. And we had asked those families to come to church events to even go one mile to come to a cookout or to come to a worship service, how many people do you think came? Absolutely zero. And then we started to realize that Jesus never called his disciples to stay in one place and to have people come to them. They were always going out. The tutoring ministry, the home repairs, all of a sudden, kids in that neighborhood were riding their bikes to church on Sundays and Wednesdays. Their parents didn't come, by the way, but the younger generation did. We saw conversions and baptisms of kids and parents. Some parents did come. The word of God had been applied to the place of pain. Let me tell you some specific stories. There was a man named Eugene in his 40s who lived in that uh, trailer park community. He was a believer. And he said, as we were getting to know him, God has a lot of people in this neighborhood. Imagine what we could do if we all got together. Eugene's prophecy became what we call Jacob's Well, that tutoring ministry. And his boys, his teenage sons, were the ones who brought the kids from the neighborhood. There was Trevor, a young man in his 20s. He showed up on the first day of our summer kids program that we held in the, just behind the office area in the trailer park. He helped clean windows and was, became involved in our basketball programs. He started to write his own Christian rap music. 
That's just what came out of him. There was Aaron, a young mom in her 30s who had always loved Jesus, but had never really studied the Bible. And she began to do that. There was Selena, a student who struggled with school, but through the tutoring program, graduated with straight A's and was the first person to go to college studying nursing. And Carol, who was not into the God thing, but has become one of the best Bible scholars in our high school ministry and is now one of the people that reads scripture on Sunday mornings. I tell all of this not to say that there is a success story here because you have no idea how much struggle and difficulty was involved in that mission. I tell this story because it is part of what God wants the church to see about the good soil and where to plant, that we need to join him on his mission. And I want to pivot here because uh, this is an important part of making kingdom impact, I believe. It's making an outsized impact. It's more than we ever set out to do what God accomplishes. Outsized impact is what our two churches should be looking for right now. Coming out of COVID, we want to make outsized impact. Because when outsized impact is being made, it means that God is in the equation. Can I get an amen? Okay. If we are just seeing impact related to what you would kind of expect, then that probably means that we're not making outsized impact. We're just doing pretty much our own energy and maybe our own vision rather than God's. Here's what I want to challenge us with today. In Matthew 13, there are six parables that represent Jesus' invitation for churches to see the kingdom of God, his way. And he knows exactly what that kingdom is designed to do, and he knows how to lead us to do it. I want to challenge, I'm challenging my church to do this, and and Pastor Brian said that I could do that here too, to challenge us to look to our communities recognize the place of pain, and to begin to plant the word of God there. And to answer this question, what has God especially built into this congregation that will determine what it is that you are meant to do in Bloomington and what kind of kingdom impact you are meant to make? How might this city be different? Because there is a church called Faith Lutheran. And coming out of COVID, there is no better time to do this than now. Making kingdom impact. Now, like I said, I did not come to sell any books today, but if you would like information on how to read the rest of those parables and how to apply them to mission, I have some little cards and some cards that will allow you to download the book for free if you, if you are interested. Let's pray. God, we pray that you would open up our eyes and help us to see what it is that you are already doing in the community that we live in. 
and how we could join you, O oh God, as you plant, as you confront the weeds, as you expose incredible value in treasures and pearls that are people, as you cast a net that pulls in fish that needs sorting, Lord, as we become like yeast that brings leaven to the dough, Lord, help us to do this kingdom work that you are waiting for us to engage in. And we ask it in Jesus' name.